This isn't exactly what we had planned, right? But we're nothing if not flexible. And normally I would say good morning, Hope Church, but I'm going to say good morning, friends and neighbors of Hope Church. We are so excited that you're here today. Um, it would have been wonderful to be doing this down in the middle of town, but uh, the Lord had different plans. So um, we'll, uh, we'll do it here. He's calling me out. What can I say? I do want to begin today by playing a little game with y'all. Okay, we're going to play a little game. I'm going to begin a sentence, and I'm going to have you guys complete it for me. But you are going to have to go way back in the memory bank, way back to a time when you were just a wee child. And I know that for some, that's a lot longer than others. But I am confident, I am confident that you guys are up to the task. Okay? So, ready? Here we go. Cross my heart and, and hope to die, right? Yeah. Kind of, kind of a bizarre uh, little phrase that children use when making a promise. When making a promise. And if they broke that promise, they would expect something bad to happen. In fact, it goes on to say, stick a needle in my eye. You guys were all kids at one time, weren't you? Yeah. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. So apparently whoever coined this phrase thought that short of dying, the next worst thing would be having needles stuck in your eye, right? And it would be hard to argue that. But see, children learn very early on the importance of promises and of keeping their promises. And as adults, children tend to hold us accountable, right? I remember when my kids were growing up, I had to be really careful if I promised to take them somewhere or to get them something. Because if for some reason I didn't come through, what would I hear? But you you promised, right? Children know the importance of promises. And especially important is keeping those promises. And as adults, we are keenly aware that our promises are meant to be kept. Or we may have needles stuck in our eyes, right? Okay, that doesn't happen. Yeah, see, that is kind of gross, right? That doesn't happen, but, but there is an old saying that says, A man is only as good as his word. A man is only as good as his promise. Now, there have been many iterations of that saying over the years attributed to a number of different speakers, but the original, it originates in the Bible. It originates in the Bible, in the wisdom of Proverbs and of Ecclesiastes. A promise is only reli as reliable as the one who makes it, and their ability to live up to it. So back in 1994, a man from Marion, Illinois, not far from here, he passed away, and in his will, he left the following. He left $2.4 billion to the town of Cave and Rock. 
he left another $2.4 billion to the town of East St. Louis. He left $1.5 billion for projects in southeastern Illinois. And in a final act of generosity, he left $6 trillion to the Federal Reserve to help pay down the deficit. But there was a problem. Because all this guy had was a 1983 Olds worth a few hundred bucks. So he didn't leave anything of monetary value, but he did teach us something that's pretty important, right? We cannot promise anything beyond our ability to live up to it. We shouldn't be writing checks that we can't cash, right? Now, the unfortunate truth is this world is filled with broken promises. I mean, have you ever been promised something only to be disappointed in the end, to find out that the promise was empty, the person was unwilling or unable to live up to it? Have you ever listened to a politician? Yeah, I like to pick on politicians, but they're an easy target, right? They did it to themselves. With all due respect to any politicians that might be with us today, you guys break a lot of promises. But you know they're not the only ones. Maybe it was your employer. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a friend. Or how about this? Have you ever made a promise with every intention to fulfill it, but for whatever reason didn't? Well, I'm guessing, friends, that everyone, if we are totally honest, answered yes to both of those questions. Because humans fail. And the validity of any promise is dependent on the character and the ability of the one making it. We can't always keep our promises for one reason or another. But the good news, friends, is that there is one that we can count on, and that is the God of all creation. In every situation, he has never failed to live up to his promises. We can count on God to keep every promise. So how do we know, how do we know that God will fulfill his promise? Uh, the Bible's filled with promises, right? How do we know that we can trust him? Well, in order to answer that question, we must understand God's character and his attributes. First and foremost, the God of the Bible is the one true God. And he is the source of all truth. Jeremiah 10.10 10 tells us, The Lord is the true God. He is the living God, the eternal King. Not only is he the one true God, but everything that he says is truth. In Titus 1, it says, God does not lie. Hebrews 6 actually takes it a little bit further and says, It is impossible for God to lie. He speaks truth. And that's why Jesus can say to God the Father, as he did in John 17, your word is truth. Truth is the very essence of God's being. He cannot lie. So we can believe every promise. God is truthful. He is also faithful. 
Hebrews 10 reminds us that he who promised is faithful. See, if God were to ever break a promise, he would cease to be God. He would no longer be God. The truth is, God has never broken a promise in the past. We can trust him for the future. Remembering, remembering that he may not fulfill his promises according to our desires or according to our timetable. No, God will fulfill his promises according to his perfect will. But make no mistake, he is faithful. There's another attribute of God that we must look at, and that is the fact that he is immutable. In other words, he does not change. He will never change in his being, and he will never change in his promises. In Malachi chapter 3, God himself says, I, the Lord, do not change. Hebrews 13 tells us that Jesus Christ, who is in fact God himself, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Once God has made a promise, he will be faithful to that promise. Listen to what we read in Numbers chapter 23. There it says, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? The answer is no. No, that is not in God's character. He is truthful. He is faithful. He is immutable. In other words, he will never change. And, and, he is love. He's love. 1 John 4 uses those exact words. It says, God is love. And make no mistake, friends, God loves us. He loves us in a way that we we can't even understand. And he wants what's best for us. So his promises are always in our best interest, whether we understand that or not. Look, the fact that he sent his son to die for our sins is the ultimate proof of his love for us. I know you've heard John 3.16 many times before, but I'll say it again because God so loved the world, God so loved you, God so loved me that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Friends, he loved us enough to keep that promise. Why would we doubt him in the future? We can place our trust in God to fulfill his promises. He's truthful, he's faithful, he's immutable, and he is love. So God wants to keep his promises to us, but it really then begs the question, is he able? Just because he wants to, does that mean that he can Right? I mean, we know it's not enough to want to do something. You have to have the ability to do it. Reminds me of a story some years ago. There was a grandmother who was babysitting for her two-year-old daughter. She was at her son's house down in Florida. And as many houses in Florida do, this one had a pool in the back. And as many toddlers often do, 
she slips out of grandma's sight and into the backyard. Of course, the child fell in the pool. Grandma runs to the back, and in in an incredible effort to try and save the toddler, she jumps in. But the problem was, Grandma couldn't swim either. And they both ended up dying that day. So clearly, Grandma wanted to save the child, but she lacked the ability. Well, God has made many promises in the Bible. Is he able to keep them all? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1. He says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes and amen. In other words, they will come to fruition. He is able to fulfill those promises. But how do we know that? How can we be sure? Well, again, we look to the attributes of God. What it is that we know to be true about Him. Well, there's a number of things. We know that God is omniscient. If you were with us when we studied the attributes of God, we spoke of His omniscience. In other words, He is all-knowing. Hebrews 4 tells us, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before him. See, God knows every detail of every situation in each one of our lives, all the way from the very beginning to the end. And every promise that he makes or has made is based on his infinite knowledge, which means he never makes a mistake. He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He is also, here's another omni word for you, he is omnipresent, which means he is everywhere at once. God's not bound by time and space. We talked about this before. God created time. He created space, which is really difficult to understand. But he's not bound by time and space So we cannot think of his being in spatial terms. He's omnipresent. No matter where we go, God is there. And he promises, he promises in Hebrews 13, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. And God's continual presence is a guarantee that he can fulfill Every promise. So he's all-knowing. He's everywhere at once. And he is all-powerful. All-powerful. Another omni-word. He is omnipotent. God is all-powerful and is able to do all that he wills. Psalm 103 reminds us, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Friends, God is sovereign over the heavens and the earth. He rules over the cosmos, and nothing is out of his control. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2 that he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power. He is the almighty God. Jesus even tells us in Matthew chapter 19, with God all things 
are possible. Can God keep his promises? Yeah. Is he able? Yeah. He can keep his promises because nothing is too hard for him. In fact, Jeremiah says to God in Jeremiah 27, nothing is too hard for you. So because of who God is, his character, and because of his attributes, we know that God wants to and is able to keep his promises. And that's great, right? But what does that what does that do for us today? Well, friends, let me tell you, we need this. And we need this today probably more than ever. When you consider the world and 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 what's going on around us and all of the issues, the problems, the 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 wars, the pandemic which hopefully is past us now, but the divisions Everything that's going on. What is it that we can put our trust in? What promises can we believe in? As we said at the very beginning, the promises of man? No. No, the promises of man are only going to disappoint. We need a promise that we can believe in, a promise that we can trust in, something that gives us hope. And friends, that is found in God. The promises of God give us hope. Hope. And that word hope, that's not just, that's not just wishful thinking. No, that is a confident expectation based on God's promises. And we know that he will keep his promises, and that's what gives us hope. That's what gives us hope, hope for today. Remember what we said from earlier in Hebrews chapter 13. God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God's going to be right there next to you, walking through life step by step. He promises. In Matthew 6, what does Jesus say? He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Friends, God cares for us, and God will provide for us. He promises. Now, does that mean that we're never going to have any challenges? No. God doesn't promise that. He does not promise that. But he does promise to be with us through those difficult times. Listen to what he says in Isaiah 43. And God is speaking to us. He says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God's going to be there for you when the difficulties come. And they'll come, right? They will. 
If you haven't experienced them in the past, you're not experiencing them today, you will experience them in the future. Jesus actually, he guarantees it. In John chapter 16, he says, in this world you will have trouble. It's coming, man. It's coming. But the second half of the verse, that's that's where the beauty is because he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. And these are just some of the promises of God that give us hope in this life. But wait, there's more. Because we can have hope for eternity. We can have hope even in death. Imagine you've all probably heard Psalm 23 before, most likely at a funeral. But verse 4 of Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Friends, God will not abandon us even in death. Jesus, he promised that very same thing in Matthew 28, just before he ascended back into heaven. He said, surely I am with you even to the very end of the age. And yes, Jesus did ascend, but he sent his Holy Spirit to fulfill that promise. It is God's Spirit that lives with us, always with us. You know, Jesus made another promise in John 14, too. He said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. That's the beauty of all this. Friends, God loves you. You are his creation, and and he wants to spend eternity with you. Doesn't that just blow your mind? The God of creation, the God of the cosmos, wants to spend eternity with you. I love the promise that we read in Romans chapter 8. Paul here, writing under the divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And friends, there it is, right there. There's the key. Right there at the end of the passage, it says, in Christ Jesus. See, the key to unlocking all of the promises of God and the hope that we can have in this life and in the next is found in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen again to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in 
Christ. In Christ. Through his death and resurrection, all the promises of God the Father are guaranteed to us. If you place your trust in Jesus, and that includes the promise of everlasting life in our heavenly home. And friends, you think that's going to be gorgeous? You think that's going to be glorious? You think that's going to be incredible? Listen to what it says in Revelation 21. Here's a promise. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. want that kind of hope? Hope in this life? Hope for all eternity? Because you can have it. You can have it. God loves you. And he sent his son to die for your sins and give you that hope for today and forever. He promises that and so much more. So much more. Cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. And I can say that, friends, I can say that because I know it's true. I know what he's done for me. Because he saved me. A sinner. And in the promises of God, because that's where you'll find your hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we stand in awe of who you are. You are the God of creation, and we stand in awe of the fact that you love us and that you sent your son to die, to save us from our sins, to give us hope in this life, and to give us eternal life. And Lord, it's through the death and resurrection of Jesus that we can claim that the grave has no claim on us. Father, thank you for the salvation that we have through Jesus. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We ask all your help in Jesus' name.